Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm wondering if it's possible. I know it's possible. I don't know if I can get away with it and just keep preaching until the voters' meeting starts, um, which is at 11 o'clock. We have a lot here to consider today, and we're not going to get to it all. So we're basically, we're just going to look at some general principles. Because you look at the gospel reading, that's really something for a, a Bible class or two or three or four. And uh, you're going, huh? What did Jesus mean all by all that? What's the church's stance on that and this and so forth? Well, we don't have time to get to all that. Unless you really want to spend time, you know, spend the rest of the day here, which is fine. Look at what Moses is doing. He's, he's done his job. He's 120 years old. It's amazing. He's about ready to die because God has told him so. And Moses, it says, his, strength, his eyesight did not, did not weaken. His strength was still there. He was in great physical shape for 120 years old, leading a bunch of people across the wilderness for years and years and years. He was good. But he's not going to, because he disobeyed God at one point, he is not going to be allowed to enter the promised land, to go into Palestine. So he, this is part of his last message to the people of Israel. He says, you're going in. You're going to be tempted by all the, the, the religions that are there, the, the idols, the false gods that are there, the, the child sacrifice, which some of us may have thought about. And... Um, Moses is saying, hey, you realize what God's done for you. He's given you victory over your enemies. He's provided food for you. He's kept you healthy and safe. And he is going to give you this land, which is a really good place. Your own land with peace and freedom and prosperity. So make a decision. And continue to make that decision about whether you are going to follow your Lord or walk away from him. And Jesus is doing basically the same thing. Here he is, it's, it's the, he's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and he's saying, choose. Choose how you're going to live. Now, you've got to be a little careful. We Lutherans get a little squirrely about justification and sanctification, and we don't want to say that you can get into heaven by the good works you do, because you can't. God says that over and over again. You can't do it. You've got to be 100% perfect. And I know I'm not. And God says, here's your Savior who makes it possible for you to be forgiven, be washed clean of your sins, and be acceptable to me in heaven. Look at Ephesians 1 and 2 sometime. Tremendous passage. We are dead in our trespasses and we are spiritually dead. We cannot respond. We cannot just choose to believe in God and obey Him. We can't do it. We may know something that is wrong in our life, but we don't know what to do about it. And God comes to us. There Paul said, By grace you are saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is a gift from God. He makes us alive spiritually. He wakes us up. 
He makes it possible for us to respond to him in faith. But also to reject him. God, I know what you're about. I know what you do for me. I know what you did for me on the cross. And I don't care. I don't want to give up control of my life to you or anybody else. I want it still to be all about me. Ah, yes. And Moses and Jesus and Paul are telling us, choose life. Don't go that other way, because that will end up in disaster. Maybe not in this life, but beyond the grave, we end up separated from God's love. Just take any feelings of hopelessness and despair and helplessness that you've ever felt and multiply all that infinitely and you begin to have an idea of what hell is like. No love, no hope. You ever hear that little story about what heaven and hell might be like? I'm not sure I understand it all, but anyway. Someone goes into, goes into heaven, and he's been shown around. I don't know where we got that idea of, of tour guy, Peter being a tour guide and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, goes into a big hall, and people are sitting at banquet tables, and the tables are loaded with all kinds of food, great food. Probably Ludafisk and Lefska and good stuff like that, right? Some of you have had that. You're thinking, maybe I don't want to go to heaven after all. But anyway, <laughs> and the people are sitting at those banquet tables and they're, st and, they're, and they're starving to death. Now the problem is, they can't bend their elbows. And they're just looking at all that food and they can't eat it because they can't get the food to their mouth. Oh, okay. The next room over, same situation. People sitting at banquet tables loaded with food and they can't bend their elbows and they're happy and joyful because they are feeding each other. Because they have love and compassion for each other. The first room, it's all about me. Why should I help you? Choose life. You look at you look at Jesus' comments, and he's going down the list of of, of, of commandments. What is he doing? And he's talking about respect and love for each other, whether it be inside marriage, whether it be in our dealings with each other. Do we respect each other? Do we care about each other? Are we willing to be taken advantage of for the sake of helping somebody else? Are we, are, we willing, are we willing to work for reconciliation and forgiveness? Are we honoring the principles of marriage? Are we telling each other the truth? Oh, 
It's interesting that Jesus has to deal with this. But there it is. His world is no better than ours. Divorce, adultery, abuse, lying, cheating, murder, hatred. What's changed? Nothing. We're still guilty of the same stuff that they were 2,000 years ago. And he says, don't go that way. Let God's love in you lead you to do God's will, lead you to live God's way. He knows best. He knows what's good for us. You ever looked at little children and they're just running all over the place and just making a mess of everything and no regard for anybody else's health and well-being or property? They're just running rampage. You say, what are they going to be like when they grow up if they make it that long? And God looks at us and said, come on. You really want to live with hatred and bickering and complaining and cheating and lack of respect? Do you really want to live like that? You don't have to. I will put my spirit in you so that you can live my way with love and consideration and respect for each other. What's Moses saying? I set before you life and prosperity, death and destruction. I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands and decrees and laws, that you will live and God will bless you. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, I declare to you that you will be destroyed. Now choose life. It's an ongoing process. At least it is for me and I think it is for you too. Because each day brings its own challenges, its own attacks from the devil, from that old sinful self still in us that wants to say, I need to take care of myself and I really don't care about you. I saw a little bit of that today on 205 as there were some, and I was going pretty close to the speed limit this time, and there were people who weren't. They were on the high side, the really high side. And I'm thinking to myself, they really don't care about my safety and well-being, do they? And then I started thinking about my relationships with other people. Have I always kept their well-being in mind? Have I always acted so that they might be, in a sense, blessed? And I have to admit that that has not always been the case. 
Maybe that's true of you also. And so we keep coming back to what God's Word is telling us. We need to continue day by day to choose life. To choose the life that God set before us. To choose to rely on Him and trust in Him. To continue to seek His forgiveness. Continue to seek His grace and His mercy. To continue to seek His Spirit to help us live His way with honesty and love and respect. Now the Nichols celebrated a 50th wedding anniversary and, and, um, and my guess is that it's been clear sailing for them for 50 years. I've known them for about a year and some can say, you know, based on that, it's been clear sailing. But I've seen other marriages where that has not been true. And we have to end up learning to accommodate each other. A little story I've shared with you. A few years ago, I've shared with some of you. A few years ago, when did the voters meeting start? A few years ago, sweet old couple. She's like 89, he's 93. They've been married over 70 years. Just a sweet old couple, committed to each other, loving each other. Then she tells me, yep, we'd been married early on, and, and uh, she would do the dishes and dry the dishes and set them down the table, and uh, he would throw a temper tantrum once in a while. He'd sit at the table, and he would sit there and pout and pick up a dish and throw it on the floor where it'd break. He'd do that occasionally. He also loved his car. Whatever car he had, he loved it. So one day, he's sitting at the table, pouting, throwing dishes on the floor. She walks over, picks up a hammer. She says, you throw one more dish, I'm breaking every window in your car. He never threw another dish. <laughs> Sometimes that needs to happen too, doesn't it? It's called tough love. But it also means growing. Out of the love that they had for each other, they were willing to modify, control, change their behavior, their attitudes. Jesus is saying, Choose life. My spirit helps you choose life that honors God. That enables you to live God's way in all these different relationships. Choose life. The life that God makes possible as he forgives us and redeems us and makes us his own. Choose life, God's life, amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, amen.